0: as we were worshiping it says that he is light and that darkness tries to hide and it's the truth the darkness in us tries to hide the failures the faults the setbacks the inadequacies the pride all of the faults all the darkness inside of us tries to hide And we have a choice whether we're going to go with it or whether we're going to stand in the open and let his light cleanse us in the way that we talked about a few months ago. I felt this passage from Isaiah 64, verse 6. All of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment. And all of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind, they carry us away. There is no one who calls on your name. There is no one who arouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the power of our iniquities. But now, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. He does not say you are the potter, he says you are our potter. And all of us. Are the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, O Lord, nor remember iniquity forever. Behold, look now, all of us are your people. Once we take God at his word, and he takes us at our word, we say, well, Okay, Lord, it's all you now. I wanna come, I wanna be yours. And he takes us into our ha- his hands, and he begins to mold us and shape us. Isaiah says, he is the potter. And what do potters do? <laughs> what do they do to the clay? They just pull it out of the river and set it on a shelf and just admire it. I just love you, clay. You're so beautiful. You're just how I wanted you. Is that what the potter does? No. No. He takes the clay and slaps it onto the wheel, and he kicks that wheel and gets it going really fast so the clay can't argue, and he grabs it. (laughs) And the clay's like, but he can't, he just has to accept it. (laughs) And we say, but God, I thought you loved me. I thought you accepted me. I thought you chose me. Why are you mashing on me? Why are you pulling on me? Why are you reaching your strong hands inside of me and expanding me from the inside out? And we do this in relationships too. We say, I thought I was accepted. I thought I was chosen. If all we want from relationship is acceptance, we had better never enter relationship. We can just have passing acquaintances. We can have professionals to tell us that we're accepted But if we want acceptance and transformation, then it's time to accept the love of God in a permanent relationship. Love is a transformative power. It is not just a complementary power. Love does not just thank us for who and what we are. Love says you're just malleable enough to be transformed into who you could be. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ Jesus died for the ungodly. A person will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone might dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it is true that while we were still in the bottom of a motionless pit of mire, he chose us. He put in his hands and he clawed us out of that abyss of nothingness. But he didn't set us on the shelf. He put us on the wheel. And he said, now, let me show you what I want you to become. If clay ends its time with the potter in the same state and basic condition that it began, this would either indicate the unskilled inadequacy of the potter or the stubborn inflexibility of the clay. And if we complete our odyssey with love, our journey in a relationship in pretty much a preserved state, the same as we began, then this would either indicate the inadequacy and unskilled hands of love or the inflexibility and stubbornness of flesh. If all we want is acceptance, it's better to stay in the bottom of the miry pit and just stew in our juices there But once you're pulled out, you're starting to dry, and you better let God work on you as hard and fast as he can so that when it's time to dry, you're basically the right shape. If you've got an identity as a lump, you're never going to accept the transformation unto an identity in the image of God. Do you like your lump identity? Why are you mashing on me, Lord? I'm already a lump. Why are you trying to fix me and change me? I'm already a glob. Can't you accept me for who I am? No, I accepted you for who you can be. That's why God poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Amen. He said, you can be different. You can be changed into the image of God's Son. So if he accepts the lump, it's only in as much as he believes the lump can be changed into something. Can you be changed? Is the clay full of rocks, full of thorns? So many people cry out, I want to be more than a lump. I don't like being a glob. People look at me and pass right over me. I want to be useful. I want to be a vessel. Put me to use in the kingdom. And the Lord says, really? Yes, Lord, send whomever you will. Touch me, change me, expand me, mold me, stretch me. What are you doing? God loves lumps. Why are you messing with me? Just like that. God loves lumps because he believes lumps can turn into vessels. But if lumps want to stay lumps, they need to stay in the pit. But if you want to get dug out, you got to be willing to go through the stretching, the mashing, the molding, the painting, the identity change, the firing. God, I'm still not what I want to be. I'm still not what I want to be and I don't have an identity as a lump that I want to hold on to. I'm not in love with my clunky identity. I really want to change. I want to change. I want to be transformed into the image of God's Son. And real love doesn't put me on a shelf and squirt a little water on me every now and again and say, ah, what a lump. Real love says, yeah, yeah, cocks its head and sizes me up and puts me on the scale and measures me and says, yeah, yeah, I think I can totally ruin your lump identity and turn you into something else. Real love is not just adoration and affection for the lump identity. It's the belief that we can be changed. Amen. So we say, okay, Lord, put me on the wheel. Oh, but don't use his hands. Hey, listen, I remember from pottery class like a long, long time ago, them pulling out the jawbone of a of a whale if i'm it was a rib bone of a whale so if god can use the rib bone of a whale he can use people made in his image to touch you every now and again to change your shape just a little bit here and there that wire that rib bone these people around you they're just tools in god's hands they're the hands that he uses they're the love that he shows they're the grace in its manifold forms Thank you, Jesus. You want to be discipled? Well, then don't look for acceptance as a lump. Look for transformation and through change. So, can the clay talk to the potter? We can because we're one kind of clay that can talk. And he says, shall the clay say to the potter? Three times in the book of Isaiah, he talks about clay talking to potters. Amen. Can you imagine that? Somebody's at the pottery shop and all of a sudden this thing opens up a little mouth. What are you trying to do there? Uh, I really enjoyed being a lump, you know. (laughs) But he's trying to make a point. Isaiah is trying to say that's how silly it is. When we start telling God that he should use different tools, that he should spin a little slower, that he should appreciate our lumpness a little more, we don't know what we need because we don't see the end result. He does. He's got something in his mind. And he calls those things that are not as though they were. You walk into God's potter's house and he's got all these lumps in bags so they won't dry out. And you say, what's that, Lord? And he says, that is going to be a beautiful pitcher. It's going to serve in the house of a king. Really? And it just looks like a yucky gray lump. You say, what is this, Lord? And he says, that is a vase that is going to hold flowers that even Solomon in all his glory can't be compared to. You're kidding, Lord. What is this over here? That is a flask for anointing. God calls those things that are not as though they were in his mind. He loves us when we're still indistinguishable from the mass of mire in the bottom of the pit. He sees something that he wants us to be, and he can imagine it. When as yet, it's just this formless and void lump. But we know what God does when things are formless and void. He starts brooding. He starts thinking about it. Amen. What am I going to do with this? If I'm going to talk to the potter, which I guess we all are going to talk to him at some point, I want to say, God, why would you choose me? With all my faults, with all my inadequacies, with all the pebbles of pride that you had to work to dig out of me, with all the fissures and cracks, why did you choose me? And I want to hear him say, shh, be quiet. I chose you because I knew you'd never take pride. I I knew you'd never be proud of yourself. No flesh would ever glory in my presence but you'd know it was all me. It was my doing, it was my hands. And I wanna say, amen, God. Don't ever let me make you regret your choice in this lump. Do it how you want. Your speed, your tools, your shape, your timing. Just use me, God. Just make me a vessel of honor. Just keep me on the wheel, Jesus. So don't tell God you're ugly. Don't tell Him you're imperfect. Just tell Him you're willing. (laughs) Just tell Him you're ready. And tell Him to turn on the wheel and put it to high speed because you've been drying out. You're older than you wish you were when these changes were made. But it's not too late. He can deal with dry clay. Squirt some water on me, Lord, and pull me up a little higher. Amen. What does it take? What does it take to undergo the process? It takes trust. It takes trust. And where does trust come from? Trust in God comes from the death of trust in self. If you're at your lowest moment, if your faith in self has ebbed to its lowest degree, You ought to be more happy than you've ever been in your life. Because when one God dies, another can take its place. When the God of self finally fails you enough, it's time for Jesus to take his place. And his love never fails. What does the song say? The gods of earth failed and betrayed me, but you alone are truth and life. Amen. I'm so glad to be in the presence of God tonight. I'm so glad to feel his hands messing with me. I'm so glad for every relationship. I'm so glad for every rebuke. I'm so glad for every reminder that makes me withdraw my investment from flesh and self and makes me say, God, have it your way. Amen. Mold me, shape me, change me, transform me, but just use me and make me into something that your house can make use of. Once he's put the glaze on and fired me, it's not over then either, is it? I don't get to say, no, sir, I don't don't like that. I don't like vinegar, only grape juice. I don't get to make those choices about how God uses me. I don't get to decide whether I'm going to be sweet or whether I'm going to be sharp. I don't get to decide whether I am filled with vinegar or whether I'm filled with honey. I don't get to decide whether I serve this one or whether I serve that one. We are vessels. Vessels don't make their own decisions. They are tools in the hands of another. We are merely vessels in the hands of God. And all we want is to make sure that we haven't cracked. That that some pebble of pride hasn't made us crack so that he can no longer use us. Amen. That woman cracked her jar, but something else was healed, wasn't it? She shattered her jar. But she became a vessel that day. Jesus said, woman, great is your faith. He told Simon the Pharisee, she has anointed me for burial. She has anointed my body. Jesus received anointing from this woman and her broken alabaster box. It's funny the way God God uses us, isn't it? Just the point we think we've shattered to a million pieces. He says, you can finally be my vessel. Because God has a way of taking broken things and making them just like new. Lord, I don't mind the pain. Do all that you must do. How does it it go? To take me and break me and make me just like new. You say, God, if you bring another blow, I'm going to fall apart. And he says, whoever falls on the rock will be broken, but I can make you just like new. But if you wait for another blow, who knows, it could grind you to powder. Why don't you preempt the blow? Why don't you just fall in repentance? Why don't you just fall in humility? Why don't we just bring that image down once and for all? Your mistakes, God will forgive. But if pride is still alive in your heart, then you've got the wrong God altogether. Your failures, he can help you gain victory over. He gives grace to the humble. But if you can patch up your failures and put on some super glue and use a little silly putty here and there and just keep that image or at least the appearance together, you're still worshiping the wrong God. You're still serving the little demiurge of self. But if you would really be broken, then that would be the beginning of faith. You'd say, God, I've lost all my faith in self. And he'd say, okay, I'll take you now. I just didn't want to share your allegiance with another. God, I want to be broken. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. I don't know what I am. I know that in my flesh there's no good thing, but I know who you are, God. And I want to worship you. I want to serve you. I want to be used by you, Jesus. That woman, Jesus, said to Simon the Pharisee, he said, if you were forgiven much, and another was forgiven little. Who would love God more? And he said, the one forgiven much. And he said, that's why this woman feels the way she feels. You see, if your faith has already been pulled out of self and put in God, and suddenly the very failures that used to bring depression now are the very failures that just bring separation. Separation from that old dead self and total commitment to God. Can you trust him? Can you trust Him? You can feel He's been looking at you for a while. You can feel His hands have been digging all around you. Can you trust Him? If you can't, is it because you're still trusting in in yourself? Flesh makes an awfully bad God. Can you trust Him? You say, but I don't understand it all. Yeah, well, that's why it's called trust. If you understood it all, you would be the supervisor and God would be your servant. You would be God, and he would be the servant. But that's what trust and faith is. We don't understand it all. But we understand what matters. We understand the love that he has for us. We understand that while we were yet sinners, while we were unworthy, he sunk his hands into our filth and started pulling. We understand what we need to understand. That would be the scariest thing, is to hear the Lord walking by some lumps of clay, and somebody's saying, Lord, do you want this one? No, 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 I, I, I need something that I can make into a vessel quickly. And this one is going to really give me some guff. Lord, what about this one? No, no, he's holding on to too many pebbles. He'll crack in the fire. He's got too many suspicions and doubt in him. What about this one, Lord? No, no, he's too dried and set in his ways. He won't let me change him. He won't accept it when people offer correction. What about this one, Lord? Well, it's the grossest, stickiest, wettest lump in here. But you know what? I don't think it's going to have any resistance to my hands. All right, let's put it on the wheel. Some of us, God is just asking us, do we trust him? Do you really trust him? Do you want an identity as a lump? Do you want an identity as an image without God? Do you really trust him? Some need to say, God, I'm ready for the hands of my father. I'm ready for the hands of my spouse. I'm ready for the hands of my pastor. I'm ready for the hands of the one who's called to disciple me. Others need to say, God, I'm ready to see my old image crack and fall. I'm ready for you to grind me up and make me into something different. Others just need a whisper under their breath, God, I trust you, and start building there. God, I trust you. I may not understand you, but I trust you. Can you say that to the Lord tonight? You've never failed me, Lord. Amen. I don't know you. We haven't been, we haven't, I haven't received your help too much, but I know that all the good in my life
1: has come from your
0: love. I trust you.
1: I give myself away I give myself away I give myself away so you can use me I give myself away I give myself I give myself away, I give myself away